Welcome to Content with Content, a podcast discussing the unique journeys of online creators, especially from the perspective of video game cover musicians on YouTube and the many paths to being content with your content. This is one of your co-hosts, Subversive Asset, and my co-host... Hey, everybody. Ropani Gonti here. And uh, we are, he says, seasoned musicians, video game and game soundtrack enthusiasts, community organizers, and chatty friends working to analyze and discover the mysteries of content creation. In our last episode, depending on when these get published, <laughs> yep. I think that we discussed branding. And there are several aspects to branding that we discuss. How you can be a person first rather than a musician what to think about in communicating to your audience. And at some point in this conversation, we focused on the idea that genre is usually a very effective shortcut to discuss one's brand. And to summarize, if you hadn't listened to the last episode, which you really should, a lot of times if as cover musicians, if we rely upon the recognizability of the game or of the song itself, then we end up with an audience who is dedicated to particular songs and games. And so whenever we cover something that isn't from a game that the audience likes or enjoys or subscribe to us for, then we risk having a lower amount of views accordingly. But we discussed that one of our favorite folks, and of course, there's lots of people who do branding very well, but one of our, the, the first names that came to mind is Insane in the Rain Music because Anyone who likes any kind of jazz can listen to his arrangements, regardless of if they're familiar with the video games already, because he is leaning in to this broader jazz tradition. And as we, we started talking about this, it became apparent that this needs to have its own conversation. Sure, sure. So I guess we wanted to dive in and um, kind of talk about this, both... I think there's statistic views of it, you know, like there's facts. Um, but, you know, when it comes to styles, genres, um, a lot of uh, musicians struggle to find which one they feel they are. Um, we find ourselves liking a lot of different ones. We find ourselves super versatile. And um, it's really hard to tell which genre, you know, should we label ourselves with. It's almost like... Uh, you know, when you're playing like Skyrim, do you want to pick this side or this side? You know, do people like uh, metal more than classical? Will you be viewed differently? Will it be truly you if you say you're metal, but on the inside you're actually jazz? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess one way to start would be, what is your opinion on genres in general? Like, do you think they're an effective label? to describe what you're about to hear or, you know, what do they do for you? Yeah, I think that when they work, they work extremely well. And I think that when we're communicating about musicians, we tend to communicate in terms of either genres or similar musicians. And so um, we, the, the, the ideal way of thinking about a genre is that before someone has even listened to anything of your music, if you have a good understanding of genre and your niche and your micro niche, which is a term I have stolen completely <laughs> from Leah McHenry of Savvy Musician micro Academy. Niche. If you understand that well, then you have already identified a particular audience who, before they even listen to your music, they understand 
I know what this is going to sound like. And they're also going to possibly know what the rest of your your artist culture is like. And so right. the example that Leah will give regarding herself is that she does female-led, Celtic-inspired symphonic metal. And the encapsulation in two words that she'll put this as is that she is like a metal inya. <laughs> and it is so perfect because I know exactly what that is going to sound like. Right. And so maybe I don't want that. Maybe I do. But I know exactly what I'm getting myself into when I hear something like that. Versus if I hear, oh, Subversive Asset is a sax video game cover musician. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily tell people what they should expect from my music. Or it may tell them something that isn't actually what I want them to tell, what want to okay. tell them. In that if they hear sax, they're probably going to think jazz. Right. <laughs> and then all the jazz people are going to be extremely upset because I am not that jazzy. Or, or maybe I am. <laughs> Who knows? And you just don't know it yet. But see, I think that's one of the sad things about genre is, you know, um, I don't know if this happens for you especially, but in uh, a lot of my videos, people say, uh, you sound a lot like Polyphia. And uh, I, I like to think that that's a compliment in terms of their intention. But A, I don't particularly get into that music. Or maybe I don't even think I was going for that. And, um, you know, people's perception, uh, you know, I can't, I can't put on a video, I sound like this band, right? You know, that mm. A, that feels weird. And B, if you don't know that band, you don't know what that means. If I say it's metal, then, you know, using non-musical words, um, you know, what do you picture? Maybe aggressive music, fast music, uh, you know, scary music. It, it's very, very dubious. And that's why I don't like using genres to describe music, even though I have to, you know, label my music. Um, because <laughs> maybe this is an artistic retaliation, but I think genres and genre wars can be really stupid. I've seen people call things metal because they put a distorted guitar in it, and I'm like, that's not metal. Also, who cares what I think, <laughs> right? Right. Well, I, I do think there's a couple of things to say about that. I understand mm -hmm. genre wars is, is, is not the most fun thing. Sure. But I would say, one, if, if it's dubious, that's just because you haven't gone down micro enough in your yes, micro niche that's true. metal is just a a huge umbrella in right. which case would i listen to metal music probably not would i listen to mm -hmm. symphonic uh metal would i listen to prog rock or prog metal uh you know i go to prog yeah. archives and the, you know oh they, they do a pretty good job of breaking things out into every single micro niche of yes. prog and i can tell you there's like you know i don't know 20 30 of these and there's only like three or four that I think Ike will consistently like mm -hmm. a band if they are eclectic prog right. or whatever, you thank know, symphonic you, prog. <laughs> right. Yeah, thank you, science. I mean, literally, yes. you, you say, exactly. I mean, Well, that's because like, I, I know a little bit of your musicality. And if I dig deep enough in this web of things, it, but that, that's the beauty of it. And I will say, like, genres aren't all bad because of that. 
Right. Yeah. But in terms of putting myself in a genre and okay. putting someone else in a genre, that's the challenge because, yes. uh, I mean, unless we're going to say that we're all avant-garde, prog, fusion artists, sometimes the boundaries just don't make sense. I agree. And, you know, if you listen to someone and I didn't tell you what genre it is and I told you, hey, uh, label this person, you know, you probably may not say the exact thing that they are, but um, I think effective genre labeling, um, like you said, with the micro-niche, maybe that is the key to finding what uh, brand and, you know, what identity you take on and how you'll be perceived well, you know? Like, I, I'm wearing a prog metal shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You have. Let's let's go ahead and sell that. It's not just any prog metal I'm not metal using shirt. the podcast to plug my own things. I swear. We it's save that for P the end. Row. G. It's a pierogi shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna steal your idea for your licensable shirt idea. I'm gonna steal. It. I'm just. I'm just. I would love to get a, a shirt made that says, "Is that licensable?" Yes. And then on the back, it's oh. a picture of Sebastian's face. Yes. Disapproving. Yes. Uh, just anyway. need to figure out what licensing I would need to pay for his likeness because I can't imagine it's that cheap. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yes, no, but, genres. But, but yeah, but yeah, genres back to the thing that we were discussing. Um, I think, um, there, there's the thing that when we get back to the concept of branding, yes, I think that asking what our, our audience sees us as is very illuminating mm. because if they're unclear about things like that, then that tells us something. It may not right. tell us what we want to know, but it definitely tells us something. So I actually um, am doing mm -hmm. a poll on my channel. It's just an audience uh, poll where I asked my audience a few questions such as, what, why do they watch my music? And I mm -hmm. gave them uh, several options like, oh, they like my style. They like the games. They like the stories I tell. They like the vi visuals or an other mm -hmm. option. And then I have what game series covers are you most interested in to get a feel of what covers and what games are they looking for? And then I ask, what style of music do you think I have? And let me just go through these. Jazz. Right. Jazzy BGM. <laughs> it's a slightly more jazzy twist onto the other genres or the, the genres of other songs. Uh, honestly, smooth jazz. Classical <laughs> saxophone for the majority. Neoclassical jazz fusion IDK. I think the genre depends on the song. Mm. I would consider it alternative classical. It is heavily classical based with some outside influences. Saxophone stuff. <laughs> jazz. <Yeah>. Jazz music. <laughs> saxophone VGM soundtrack covers. Classical mm. ballad. Subversive jazz. I like it. Quote unquote pop. Classical kind of. And jazz sax arrangements. So... Wow. You know, like, <laughs> this is a huge gift that I have been given. Obviously, 23 responses is not super representative of 5,000 listeners. Sure. But it does suggest that of the people who are willing to do a Google form poll, that mm -hmm. a lot of them think jazz. And what that tells me, though, is that different people may have different understandings of what these genres mean. Yes. So the, 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 I think this is going to get into back into your comment on genre wars, but the way I see it is an effective genre brand means that you should be able to go to that subreddit, r slash jazz, r slash prog, 
r slash whatever and post your stuff and not get thrown out. <laughs> right. No, and I mean, y- you're pretty much putting yourself in everybody's head right now. The fear of not qualifying genres is a fear I don't I don't get why we have, but I get why we have, <laughs> you know? And y- y- oh, yeah, yeah. You well, know, the well, perception okay. is so important. Like, if you post something, uh, and I'll just give you an extreme, that's like, um, like a... I'm trying to think of a very universal example, but, um, you know, Metallica is metal to many people. To some people, uh, it's very vintage, uh, and, you know, older, simpler, lighter music. If you go into, I don't know, a metal club and you're like, all right, I'm going to play some metal and you don't deliver that, you're not just not getting views. Your perception is that you don't know genres. (laughs) And, um, and again, not only will you fail as like, uh, getting your communication across of your brand and who you are, but you know, you won't fit in with all of the other people of that genre, perhaps, and that could lead to some other weird situations. And like blindly, if if I made the same poll you did, like, what would you think my responses would be? Oh, I I think that you would definitely get prog metal, and like <laughs> no variants, no no. Guitar. Well, I guess guitar is not really a well, genre. So, okay. No, actually, <laughs> th- this is actually something. We, we have a good friend, an acoustic guitarist, mm-hmm. uh, who we will probably need to bring on this show at some point, Justin Woods. Oh, yes. And um, uh, to be honest, he, he did ask me. He asked me, what, what genre would you think that I am? And mm-hmm. I was like, classical guitar. But right. also flamenco. And also Spanish. But I <laughs> see all of those things as being... Mm-hmm. Pretty similar. And then he he pulled out a country western piece that he did. And I said, oh, okay, yeah. yes, I will begrudgingly admit that you also do spaghetti westerns very well. Yes. But he enjoys when those. I think about you, I think classical, Spanish, flamenco. And whenever I'm thinking about even covers in the future or co- collaborations, I think, yes. I don't think just what would be a good acoustic guitar sax duet. I think mm-hmm. what would be a good. Spanish guitar sax duet. And I'm not, I, I'm not sure. an expert in acoustic uh, genres. So yeah. for me to think that a, a Spanish and flamenco and classical are in the same sort of bucket is probably as offensive to an acoustic guitarist as someone thinking that all sax is jazz. Right. <laughs> it's my perception that I don't think he's going to be, you know, playing country acoustic guitar. Sure. And that is a distinction worth making, I'm sure, in his mind. And I mean, and now we can go one, we we can go further and zoom in and enhance. Why did you get the saxophone response? Why did you immediately think Roe is prog metal? Why do we associate Justin Woods with classical guitar? And I, I mean, the answer for Justin, at least, is that's his icon. That's all of his thumbnails. And, um, Frankly, the best performing videos that I've seen from him that stand out are all, you know, classical guitar in very um, classical-inspired kind of covers. That's that's what I perceive him as because of that. But for right. you, ha- ha- what brought you to think row prog metal period? Is it just because I put it in the thumbnail and the title? Probably. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I would, mm-hmm. I would, uh, I, 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 uh, 
I, I mean, obviously, now that I've seen your shirt, it, it's <laughs> inevitable. I can't unsee it. There we go. Um, Branding success. I, I think that you mentioned something that's really important on Justin's case, too. Mm-hmm. And I, man, we we're talking about him behind his back when he wanted to be on this show. We'll, we'll invite him, him eventually. Soon. It'll happen. We're setting Trust things us. up. Uh, <laughs> But we're, we're getting you used to his name so that, you know, when you yes. hear his voice, you'll know. Um, <laughs> the audience but, isn't a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, go yeah. on. Uh, yes, no. Uh, the, thing, the thing that you mentioned I really appreciated is that association happens because regardless of the other styles of videos and covers that he's done, the, most, the ones that have seemed to click the most with the audience in terms of views seem to fit that groove. Sure. And so... You know, when we get back to going outside of um, the genre, if you think about it, like if all my top seven covers are Kirby music, right? Yeah. Most Kirby asset from that day forth. (laughs) That, you know, that's exactly the uh, perception that I have to have a serious question internally on, do I want to lean into this or not? And sure. so uh, I, I, I'll just note that it, I, I like that you recognize that on genre. Uh, Justin would say, and let me get his exact quote so I'm not. Um, oh, yeah. He said, I, I want to get this specific so that I'm not just making this up. But I wanted to say that he said that he wanted to be seen as, oh, gosh, we've, we've talked too much. My focus and brand is as a guitar specialist. Interesting. So he doesn't see himself as just Spanish classical, you know, Western, but as a guitar specialist and that any guitar needs that you might have, you should go to him. I like that. And I do think he will have some challenges naturally because of, you know, I mean, I, I'm guessing he's not saying, like, hashtag guitar specialist. Like, those aren't the words that he's going to tell the world, but that's the picture he's going to tell the world. I think for whatever reason, and we might we might dive into this in a sec, um, guitar specialist is perfect, and that's what, in a way, I also want to do because, um, obviously, I attempt to play other instruments, but... You know, you want guitar, you want guitar reviews, you want uh, guitar demos, uh, people looking up famous guitars or guitarists, guitar central things. I've said the word guitar a lot. Um, it, it's such a hot and fun kind of uh, topic to center a channel around because you can still hit every kind of trending thing. You're still niche. And people still trust you. There's Rob right, Scallon, right, right. Jared Dines, and all I don't, those. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's where he's going with this. And I think that you raise another oh. good point regarding mm. branding. Okay. Because as a musician, there's a different brand to being a musical performer versus being like a gear guy True. who can recommend stuff, right? And so I think you kind of went there. But I think he means guitar specialist in terms of um, if you wanted to hire or commission him. Or something like that. That don't just think in terms of just classical. Think in terms of any sort of acoustic guitar and he'll make it work. And so for you to say that you're also a guitar specialist, though, you see how there's that tension? Like, you probably could do acoustic if you wanted to. But I think that part of that prog metal is that I am not associating you with that acoustic style. Right. Um, And you, I mean, I don't think it's possible, or let me phrase this more optimistically. 
I don't think anyone is going to be known as the everything person, no matter how much you want to tell yourself that. And that's probably a good thing, right? Because obviously you and I, you know, we have our favorite instruments that we go to. We do other things. We also collaborate and get outside of comfort zones. I don't want to be known as the sitar person or the what else is around my room person. But, you know, if he's going to be a guitar specialist, then obviously he's he's making that clear through guitar covers. Right, um, right, right. But I, I do think I do think it is important because he, he mentioned that in the context of he saw me as being a sax specialist and that I shouldn't be caught up on genre. I should be caught, mm. caught up on more of the idea of every one of my covers is going to focus on sax. Right? I think that's fair. And right. I don't even think that's a bad idea per se. Well, I don't think it's a bad idea either. I just think what's the audience for that? What is the mm. – because if I say sax specialist and people think jazz, then what? Right. Then a uh, and, um, you get that you know, then Then – this this gets into a, a question of what does it require to be in a particular genre? What does it require uh, to and I, I, we're we're getting right into genre wars here. I yes. mean because because I think I think this is a a huge issue between uh, styles of music that I'm going to get really philosophical on everyone. This is a huge difference between styles of music that have strong academic mm. focuses. Yes. And and those yes. that are more homegrown, because so for example, my my huge anxiety as a musical mutt, and we're going to talk about this in our musicianship and amateur. <laughs> you don't get to call yourself the musical mutt, though. You're talking to someone who has never studied music either. <laughs> or right, right. You're out. Yeah, I right. think we're we're all definitely on the <laughs> we're style of mutt. Talking out of turn from the real classical people that we will have on. Right, but once we get those classical people on, I'm going to tell you. Like if if I wanted to post any of my stuff on R slash classical or R slash even if there were an R slash classical sax, I would get thrown out because okay. what? No, no, go on. This is like yeah. insanely uh, relieving and relatable. I didn't think yeah. that would happen outside of my community, but I'm glad it does, oh, so to speak. Oh man, we need to bring on Peter or some of these classical musicians. The classical world oh, yes. is. They originated genre wars. Like, if mm. you are not professional and you're not studying X, Y, Z, and you didn't go to the right conservatory and oh whatnot, <laughs> you just don't fit. Really? And so, I understand that you know, uh, I simply have not put in enough of the chops, music theory wise or practice wise, to mm. be able to claim that. Um, and and I I you know I was, you know, looking. It was, oh man, I, I hate this. I, I don't want to call them out, but there was this person on Reddit sure, sure. who was saying blah, that blah. she wanted to start a, um, a channel for uh, violin and singing. And she okay. said, no one's done this before. I want to do violin and singing covers. And I was like, mm, uh, I know a few people who have done violin and singing covers. Yeah. <laughs> but she was like, but I want to do it professionally. Uh, and all these, <laughs> yeah. And so I had thrown a few names out and I don't want to, I don't want to go there because sure, this sure. person said, well, this person is not really that good at violin or singing. And I would okay. have a much more professional approach. And I was just I was good at flabbergasted. Names, this, but I'm not going to. I mean, if you, if you now go through my, my Reddit history and don't sure, do that, sure. but you could 
find this person. Um, you you know, and it, it got me because this person had no knowledge of mixing. They were just sure. doing. They were just a performer, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had suggested, well, if you want to be successful on YouTube, then you know you may not think that these other people have the best technical classical violin style or classical right. singing. They have style. something you. You may not. But they (laughs) have practiced a whole lot more at the presentation on YouTube and you probably need to build that up. But, 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 right. (laughs) You know, it it, it made me realize like if someone listed me as an example to R slash jazz, sure. I would know, I know that, that the actual jazz people would say this isn't jazz because my first entry to Insane in the Rain music jazz jazz. challenge, it happened. He was like, Mm, this isn't really jazz. And even my second entry, he said, um, you know, I liked that you improved a lot between the years, but you still have a very classical way of vibrato. You still have a very classical mm. way of of your your tonguing style and that sort of thing. And, and I and I acknowledge that and I recognize that. And I totally agree with that. But then when I mm-hmm. go into the classical sax kind of subreddits, I also have to admit that they have a way of doing things that I don't do either because uh, my last class was in 10th grade and I've been, (laughs) you know, doing it on my own since then. So it's kind of like, you know, part of this genre anxiety for me is recognizing that I can't fit into either of the genres that people Mm. want to claim. Sure. Uh, And so do, do, do you feel that that has relatability in the metal world or because- Mm-hmm. You know, you did mention about genre wars, but sure. how does that? So I, I love that you mentioned personal examples because I think everybody listening to this may have struggled with uh, a musical identity crisis of, <laughs> of sorts. And um, so growing up music to me was already something that was, it's not like a taboo thing. My life isn't Coco. But it was a little like Coco, if you've seen <laughs> Coco. Like, honestly, that movie was very, very similar to me in, in the sense that, you know, all these classical musicians and all that kind of talk was kind of around me. But um, I wasn't intimidated by it. I grew up listening to classic rock and blues, and my dad um, imparted so much of that older style of blues and... Um, you know, those kind of classic bands that my like heart and soul was really, really bled into it. And, you know, you have your first heartbreak and the only thing that soothes it is bluesy kind of feeling music. So then in comes 2011 and I start recording music. Um, I obviously don't really have like a care in the world what you call it. It was just a guitar cover and it happened to be rock and roll. But then I started like seeing now and then people teasing me a little bit, you know, like not being impressed by technicality because everything I did was like, um, and in, in guitar culture, this is considered not uncouth, but not as technically impressive at all. I would always resolve to blues playing and like classic rock and things that, in my opinion, have like a lot of soul to them. And historically, they were written when people were poor and, you know, a lot of them were love songs and so on and so forth. So yeah. I felt like 
I didn't belong in metal because I wasn't heavy enough. I didn't have tattoos and spiky hair yeah. or whatever. And, yeah. you know, that was my own fault, right? You know, no one else can tell me how to be. But um, when it comes to the metal genre world and, like, how you said classical people were frowning on this and that, a lot of people, in my opinion, were frowning on, like, being simplistic and bluesy. And you needed to impress people. Your your entire, like, goal was to be crazy, tapping, and fast, and awesome. And even talking to some of my musician friends, they intentionally chose to play differently just so that they don't, like, sound bluesy. I think um, my buddy Rich developed a very unique style. Um, that's Rashadi B. Um but he doesn't use bends, and he doesn't necessarily rely on blues, which makes him stand out heavily. But I feel like I've taken the exact opposite turn, but we both consider ourselves prog metal. And Yeah, interesting. Right. And maybe what I'm trying to say to you is that this genre within the scary umbrella of genres is kind of built around maybe weirdness and acceptance even if metal itself may have like a stigma that, you know, metal is kind of like a, let me find a PG way to describe it. It's like, who's got the scariest song is the biggest thing or like, who's got the most talent. And, you know, obviously people aren't trying to find the person who plays the thing fastest, but um, it's really built on over the top culture at times. And that's been scary 